Hello, Hardies, and welcome to the Hardies Hotline, your connection to Hope Valley. Hosted by Caroline, myself, Cammie, and Casey. Thanks to Brian Bird for letting us use the music on our show. Now grab that paprika-filled shepherd's pie and sit back and relax. Here we go. Welcome back, Hardies. You are listening to the Hardies Hotline, and today... We are going to be talking about season one, episode 10. 10? 10? I know. <laughs> Love comes first. <laughs> first comes love, then comes marriage. No, oh, see, wait. I guess. I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't take it like that. I took, you know, instead of the job comes first, love comes first. Oh, good that, point. That's how that's how I took it because of because of the fact that instead of going mm-hmm. on to his assignment, Jack Somebody. goes back. <laughs> so, Somebody does hashtag come Jack back. is back, right? <laughs> <laughs> hit the road jack but please come, come back. back some more some more <laughs> shall we hit that road <laughs> we shall and let's i just have to say i love when these episode stories continue into the next episode because once too. again yeah last week we were talking about everything going on and we were like well there's no resolution we'll come back next week and boy (laughs) there were a lot of resolutions in this one in spades (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh my goodness oh my goodness all right so let's read that summary shall we abigail does some detective work and learns more about Gowan's dangerous conduct leading up to the mine disaster. Julie Thatcher is becoming closer with Nathaniel when the rest of the Tolliver gang arrives in Coal Valley. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Julie, Julie, Julie. Oh. The entire time I was watching this episode, I mean, I did it the first time when I was watching it, but this time I knew it was coming, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going, oh, 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 (laughs) (laughs) growing in in intensity and in volume. (laughs) Yes, the groaning. But you know what? For me, because we've now talked to Charlotte, yeah. And now, you know, just hearing her story about how she was going into portraying Julie, that yeah. was that was fun watching it back and seeing her um also very young. I mean, yeah. Charlotte being young cuz this was what, uh, 2013, 2014. 2014. Well, 2013 when they filmed it, yeah. So, seven and a half, eight years ago. So, mm-hmm. um for me that was fun to see because it also kind of I, I kind of sat back and was like, wow, you're really good. <laughs> I mean, she's so good at playing that the flighty, I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Girl and everything. And Charlotte and I are the same age. So oh. that was also interesting for me to watch back because um, so 2013, I was 23. I was not, I was already married, you know, and so seeing a, seeing her play a character who was much younger than she is. Yeah. So Charlotte, yeah. if she was 23, she was playing like an 18 year old. So, I mean, like something, something it's kind somewhere of between 18 and 20. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of fun seeing her play somebody who was much more immature and much younger than she was in person, you know, yeah, it's true. So, so- you were already married by the time you were 23. How old were you when you got married? Oh, uh, <laughs> I had to think about that. Um, almost 22. It was a few days before. Child my... bride. I know. It was right uh, <laughs> nine days after, nine days after I graduated college and two weeks before I turned 22. 
Wow. We'd known each other five, six years then by that point. So. Well, you got me beat on that one. I was 24. I was a couple months away from being 25. And I had, by the time we got married, I'd known him for two years. So. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. We were we ones. All right. Well, that that's where Julie wanted to be is in holy matrimony with Nathaniel. <laughs> but... Oh mercy. She is very immature. Very. Very stuck in a uh, romantic book. Mm-hmm. Too many ridiculous romance novels and too many ridiculous notions. Because even when I was watching it this time, I noticed there are certain things she would do or certain ways she would move or the way she would like, you know, dart her eyes or talk. It was almost like she was catching herself like, oh, I, in my mind, I'm in a fantasy world, but then there's like that hidden snap of reality that comes in and she kind of snaps out and then she goes headlong back into the fantasy world (laughs) it was very interesting it was almost like julie was um in her own play yeah that's a that's a good way of putting it yeah yeah and by the and it's interesting that you would say that because by the same token that's what nate did Mm -hmm. i i especially noticed it when she came in to shave him you know, she comes up the, she comes up the stairs and he goes, I'm not hungry. And, and she says, no, I've come to clean you up. And he's like, nah. he, you know, he's, he's getting grumpy and he's going back mm-hmm. to gangster Nate Tolliver. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, and then he kind of takes a deep breath and puts a smile on his face and turns toward her and says, okay clean me up make me look like a real gentleman for you and I went oh my gosh that's a little frightening (laughs) it was Jekyll Hyde it it, yeah yeah it was Jekyll Hyde and it was you could see the change you could see him take on the pleasant persona I'm just like ah you know (laughs) it it kind of reminded me of how the devil would be you know (laughs) put on a pleasant face and then turn on you once he had you in his grip you know oh Oof, a wolf oh. in sheep's clothing that yeah that's a good one too mm-hmm. <laughs> what got me with nathaniel and his moodiness is when yeah. constable riley comes yes up. yes let's talk and, about that scene oh and he starts he starts tensing up and you can just feel the tension just rise into the room. And when and he grabs that, he grabs that blade, the shaving the blade, blade, I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh. And I was like, did anybody not see that? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, maybe the constable noticed some shiftiness. Maybe he didn't see him grab the blade, but it- I don't, because his, his back was to Patrick and the tray was right there mm. and it was kind of lying there on the side so yeah. you know mm. with the camera we had the right angle but i'm pretty sure that from patrick's perspective he would not have been able to see it yeah but i Ooh. was i was certain i was certain that he was going to the first time i saw it i was certain that he was going to slice patrick and grab julie and go I, I was certain that but <laughs> I just went <laughs> I, I was waiting for him to flip a table or a yeah. bed or something. Something. Oh. Yeah. And then, you know, when he puts the blade back, takes a deep breath, he's looking in the mirror. I'm just like, oh <laughs> he goes back to his he's very good at scary eyes. He John is, Reardon. Oh. John Reardon is very good at scary eyes. He's very good (laughs) at scary eyes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then let's go to when she finds, uh, where, when she finds him packing up and 
once again, he gets, he's getting a little desperate. And so he goes out of his good boy mode mm-hmm. and I've imposed long enough. And then you're he going was- to leave me? You're going to leave without me? I mean, without saying goodbyes? Oh, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was, he was gruff. But in that moment, he was not as um, scary. No, not as scary. But you he could was, tell that he had to put the persona back it, on. Yeah. Because then true. he says, I got to get settled in a new life. And then, of course, he takes her by the face. And one you can be proud to be a part of. I'm just like, oh, oh man, gag me like a fiddle. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I, oh, I was just cringing. <laughs> cringing. Here's me. I'm the fiddle. Here's my pencil as the bow. Play me. <laughs> That's, oh my gosh. He played her like a fiddle. Oh he my gosh. He sure did. And I, mean, I, there's a picture of my mother in that knapsack. Oh, Lay it on <laughs> thick there, Nate. Come on. Oh my gosh. He, he was he he's a dirty dog. Let me tell you. <laughs> a dirty dog. Let me tell you. Playing not only just playing on some ladies' emotions, but bringing mama involved. No, no, sir. No, sir. Um, can we also talk about the fact that he kissed her? <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to talk pretty, but he kissed her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. Uh, Did they m- both make the move together or was it him? Did he make the move first? She was not pushing him back. She <laughs> was definitely, oh, she was definitely all in. No, I think. I mean, he, once again, he was playing her. And so oh, he, had, of course. he had her, he had her by the neck and we probably can't see it, but he probably kind of pulled her neck forward a little bit. And mm-hmm. that was, you know, probably at the first little tensing of his fingers, boom, she's in, you know? Right. I mean, <laughs> makes sense to me. It makes sense but, to me. Oh, oh joy. <laughs> and then, and then you can borrow my horse i'll draw you a map i'm like really julie i ha- i have it in my notes i'm like really julie let me just give you my family fortune along with my along with the jewels that right there on a silver platter let's just the map thing i was like okay you know even the mayor's giving out free information to strangers okay whatever when she said you can borrow my horse i was like is he gonna give it back to you (laughs) you think he's gonna draw you a map (laughs) oh just just go back home get the family fortune out of the bank and the safe and whatever and just give it to him on a silver platter because that's what you're doing right now Uh, thank goodness thank goodness that to our knowledge, Nate Tolliver is not aware who he's dealing with. Yes, because there is no way. I I have every belief that if Jack hadn't showed up, they probably would have taken the money and gone. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure that they would have taken the money and just left them tied up to be found later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there would have been no way of tracking them by then. Well, no, I was talking about goodness. Thank goodness. No, they don't- but that's what I'm saying is if he had known, oh. if he had known who he was dealing with, it would have been even worse. Yeah, because he would he would not have just left them in that cabin you know yeah he would have took taken them for ransom mm-hmm. dangled them in front of daddy thatcher yeah okay and so then so we've inserted the knife into julie's heart she doesn't know that a knife has been inserted but we've inserted the knife we've twisted one way we've twisted the other way and then let's stick it in just a little bit further by wait for me. Oh my God. 
Oh. oh my gosh. The man has no shame. He has no shame. And you know, props maybe to Nate for tying it up with a bow with Julie. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna manipulate someone, at least go all the way. I mean he 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 did the full package. He got he the box. He wrapped it really nice. And you know, he could have just left the box and given it to her, but no, he had to tie it up with a pretty bow, slap that bow on there and give it to her. Oh. Don't forget the curly ribbon. <laughs> oh, the curly ribbon. Definitely. There were lots of curls. Yeah, let's add a few more garnishes. <laughs> and maybe some glitter bombs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh. Okay. Man, he laid it on so thick. Oh. He, <laughs> then he goes riding off into the sunset uh, or so julie's thing julie's heart is going pitter pat as she oh. runs off to the saloon and she goes my favorite line i'm in love <laughs> you don't need to know someone a great while to share a kiss you know and right there that that scene and the walking to the jail mm -hmm. i think that those two th scenes alone show just how immature julie is mm -hmm. because when she's with nate we all know that she's acting stupidly but the words coming out of her mouth sound very grown up you know, um, he says, you'll make somebody a fine wife one day. She says, I hope to, you know, yeah. she's, she's saying things straight out of a romance novel, but that's her script in life. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but those, those two scenes, she goes to the, she goes to the saloon. She tells Elizabeth that she works too much. She takes Elizabeth's tea and just starts that. it. That's such a sister thing to do. Yes. <laughs> but doesn't even ask, doesn't make a gesture, like, can I have a sip? Just takes it and just drinks it. <laughs> and so, and, and then, you know, and then she says, you don't need to know someone a great while to share a kiss. And, I'm in love and you don't want me to be happy because he's not rich and educated. I'm just, okay, sweetheart, why are you saying that to Elizabeth? I mean, of all people, for her to accuse somebody of saying that she's being foolish for court, for dating somebody, I mean, he was supposedly courting her. She wasn't courting him, but mm -hmm. you know, so, but entering into a courtship with a man who is not wealthy, of all people to accuse, she's accusing Elizabeth of that. Yeah, but that just shows you how blinded she really that, is. Because... See, that's what, that's what I'm saying. But you're talking to the woman who is a step away and is kind of in a courtship with Jack. Right. Someone who is very educated, but who does not have money to spare right but in her mind she probably thinks that he does have money because he's a Mountie oh and God. he's the hero of this story and he will be there to rescue you and surely he has a lot of money but or maybe it's the fact that the red surge is so bright and blinding that she doesn't realize she's just <laughs> like red surge good looking man nothing else <laughs> <have> matters money. <laughs> but right i mean for julie for julie somebody who's very sheltered and very young and naive well, and everything like I, yeah but but daddy not, thatcher has a lot of dealings with mounties so i figured that she would know a thing or two but maybe she just not didn't get involved it's julie <laughs> it's julie <laughs> and she I probably mean, wasn't paying attention thing, the other thing is, who cares about what she knows? She's just lashing out. She, so she probably is saying the first thing that's coming to her oh, brain. 100%. Yes. But I I have to say, yeah, I was very proud of Elizabeth because she could have gone the better version of Viola. And, right. you know, she could have been like, 
you stupid, silly girl. How <laughs> could you, what, blah, 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 blah. Because if it were my little sister, you best believe she would be hearing a good tongue lashing from me. <laughs> it would not be pretty. Uh-huh. However, Elizabeth, after she, you know, calmed down <laughs> mentally, <laughs> She got down on Julie's level and spoke Julie's language. She got on her personal level with Billy Hamilton. Billy. Yeah. And I was like, that is a smart move. If you want to get someone to listen to you, especially when it's a prime example, touchy subject. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Because as soon as Julie heard Elizabeth's, tale of billy hamilton and the guy the guy that julie did some research Researched, on. yeah so she knew she knew what a con man he was but hearing it from elizabeth's mouth that's when the light bulb flipped and that's when julie was like um i didn't tell you the whole story <laughs> like not only did you not tell her tell her the whole story you made it up like y'all made up a story you didn't even tell the right story right and then then immature scene number two don't do this it was his brother's gang he was orphaned at five all he wants to do is become a better man and to share his life with me (laughs) when elizabeth said do you even hear yourself right now i'm like thank you if somebody said it I have in my notes right here, roll eyes. I just, they were rolling so far in the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, Elizabeth is hopping mad. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, now, explain this to me. Elizabeth says that she's going to write Constable O'Reilly a note, and then they are going to go have a talk with Abigail what i mean all abigail's going to do is further say that she was dumb and foolish and that she's put the whole town in danger but it's not gonna do anything i mean i i couldn't understand why she said i'm writing this note to constable o'reilly and then you and i are going to go have a talk with abigail what for go look for constable o'reilly you know this is serious I think, okay, so Elizabeth's only been in the wilderness for six or so, eight months. We don't really know. Less than a year. She's still not as street savvy as one might be. She's getting smarter, obviously, but she's just, she's not still, she's not, she's still not street savvy when it comes to the prairie life and dangers. Uh I think in her mind, it's probably... Nate has gone off and so we're probably okay for now he probably won't come back at this moment we have some time so she was probably thinking okay O'Reilly she's she wrote a note to the constable and probably said something like come see me ASAP and then with Abigail it almost reminded me of I'm taking you to see mom and you're I, I was just gonna say that to mom and mom is going to lecture you and mom is going to handle this handle this and maybe abigail i mean abigail really can't do much because i mean what is she gonna do fend off five men i mean but <laughs> she has lived on the prairie much longer so she wouldn't have the smarts to know what to do next whether it's do we round up all the pinkertons do we befriend gallon and help like beg for help or do we wire for more mounties like i think that was kind of the idea was like elizabeth is taking that sister role on marching julie to their um their their second mom their stand-in <laughs> yeah stand-in mom mom's gonna lecture and then mom's gonna figure out like what's gonna happen next mm-hmm. that was kind of my thought because it, it was very much a big sister thing yeah i that that's a good point i just i just thought that it was a complete waste of time you're gonna write a note to constable o'reilly instead of i mean they 
they don't know that he's following Nate right now, which shows that he's a smart man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I would be going around town looking for him. You know, like uh, Constable O'Reilly, we have a situation. <laughs> <laughs> and then if they couldn't find him, then go talk to Abigail. Yeah. You know, we can't find him. What do we do now? So I, I don't know. I just, I thought that that was a very odd move yeah. yeah it was like going to mom but it was like go have a talk with abigail what <laughs> maybe it was one of those ideas of like when somebody is like stay put stay put where you are because they'll come back and they'll come back to home base yeah maybe <laughs> you know when somebody's lost or if you're fine trying to look for someone and you're like okay just just stay where you are and eventually they'll come running i don't know oh my gosh but um speaking of we have some visitors in coal valley who decide to have a drink at the saloon a little shot of whiskey and bless the mayor who gives out free information so that they can go to abigail's one thing one thing that i really noticed in this episode was joe's fierce loyalty of nate you know mm. the other the one the one guy that i don't think says much if anything no but the other one i don't even think that he has a name the but the other gang member he's talking about deserting the gang he just mm-hmm. wants his money yeah and he's saying that Nate took the money and ran and blah 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 and and Joe's like no not Nate mm-hmm. and all that and just like man there's a there's a lot of honor between those thieves you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, Joe had a very fierce loyalty to Nate Tolliver yeah I don't know go figure yeah <laughs> But they um, barge into that cafe and, oh boy. <laughs> and Abigail tries to stay cool. I mean, they, the three of them know who the three of them are. Oh yeah. Yeah. When, 100%. The moment that they step in the cafe, they know who those men are. They're, they're not that stupid. <laughs> not I mean, even Julie. <laughs> Julie's bug-eyed. Yeah. Her eyes are as wide as saucers. So yeah, Abigail tries so hard to handle it well. And, you know, that's when, and, you know, and Julie's still trying to stick to the story. He got shot and it gave him time to think. And if you'll let, and if you really love your brother, then you'll let him blah, blah, blah. Brother? Nate don't have a brother. brother. (laughs) Of all times for Julie to say something. Like, Julie. Elizabeth has already told you. Bad idea. Red flags. This is not right. Be quiet. <laughs> of all times, Julie. Be oh. quiet. But and you know, I the other really big sister move was when Elizabeth tried to get the gang to take her instead of Julie Julie. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was heroic. Oh and yeah. I wondered I wondered beyond being her little sister why she would do that. Mm-hmm. And the thought occurred to me that sh- maybe she thought she could handle it better. Oh. Maybe she thought that she could handle it better than Julie could. Oh, yes. Julie was in shock and in denial and in everything else you could possibly be in <laughs> yes i i think elizabeth was worried that julie was just gonna get herself shot or julie was gonna accidentally play into somebody else getting hurt right or she would just cause way more damage if she were the one taken whereas at least elizabeth can keep her hand over julie's mouth <laughs> so to speak <laughs> And just tell her to be quiet because Elizabeth, I mean, like I said, she's not as street savvy as season seven, Elizabeth, but right. she's getting there. Yeah. She knows she, she's smart enough to know how life works and that she is about to be held for ransom. 
somewhere maybe yeah um but did you did you what i have to say really quick one comical moment is when one of the guys said tie up the cook just some cook come on now come on <laughs> it shows what you know <laughs> so leading in to uh leading into our grouse about gowan segment we see jack and patrick come into gowan's office to ask if they can deputize some of his men to go after Miss Thatcher and her sister, as Jack puts it, being very professional, bless his heart, <laughs> especially at a time like this. And this is this is grouse about Gowan, big time. Oh, what what's it my say? notes? <laughs> it says Gowan, three exclamation marks, nefarious. <laughs> But, and this is the other part that, this part got me kind of like, oh, Jack, why did you have to say that? Say what? The thieves have taken, the thieves, the gang has taken Miss Thatcher and her sister. I was like, couldn't you have just said the Tulliver gang is about to rob you because (laughs) you just made every, listen, Sir Jack Thornton, everybody <laughs> knows that you are in love with her. Okay. You may not realize that. Well, you probably are realizing at this point, but you probably don't know that everybody else knows that you love her. <laughs> so that being said, Jack, um, next time you want to save the town, maybe don't throw her name in it. Maybe use the town, the real town, not the figurative town now. Okay. <laughs> that's a a season was that six or seven (laughs) soon i don't know (laughs) post post jack um however that was my one that's a season that's a season seven joke (laughs) that was my tiny little gripe with jack in this Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. My gripe was with Gowan that it's not company business. That too. I and mean. then those girls got themselves into trouble. Uh, you know, he kind of has a point with Julie. You know? He does have a point with Julie. He has a point, but but poor Elizabeth, she didn't do anything wrong. You know? but it's not company business so he won't let them have any of the oh oh gowan (laughs) you especially with gowan being the law and playing out of both sides of his mouth being all like it's not official company business but what are you doing throwing official company business in the fire oh i know and we find out that Noah is not responsible. Abigail doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. And the file that she found in Gowan's office may imply that Noah's not responsible, but the rest of the files are getting burned and Noah is not responsible for any of the corners cut, but mm-hmm. now nobody will ever know that for sure because mm-hmm. the files are being destroyed so can i just say abigail we all knew that she was savvy but man that lady is smart i mean when she goes into the office looking for the files and she pulls out the letter already written oh, and yes. then when she when she has to hurry and lock up and she just finishes the last letter on her name i'm like oh you are good girl mm-hmm. you are good <laughs> that was a that was a pretty terrific move that was an excellent move because that letter would have taken about five minutes to write so yeah i don't know why the pinkertons were so uh suspicious at that point because that takes a 
that a letter with constantly dipping the ink and all that mm-hmm. that would be pretty typical for that time yeah. but whatever i mean maybe they were thinking she was just writing a note that said hello mr Gower. everything thanks for <laughs> your help here are some muffins enjoy smiley face but Oh, I remember when she was snooping through all those drawers. I was like, oh, he's going to walk in. He's going to walk in. He's going to walk in. Oh, my heart. And oh, my gosh. And then when Gowan goes and says, you brought pastries, I had to ask myself why. I was just being neighborly. Is that all? You sh- maybe you wanted to see me. I'm like, oh, 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 <laughs> So it kind of made me wonder. Oh. Watching this. Oh, I wonder, wonder who. <laughs> there wonder. What's in the wonder ball? Okay. Um, so we know from talking to chad willett that there were some creative um i don't know discussions on how to take the series yeah because he had mentioned that um maybe him you know his character committing self-harm would be too far for when calls the heart um so it kind of made me wonder watching this is had this not been on hallmark Mm -hmm. per se would the storyline played out with Abigail and Gowan? Because the trial isn't until see beginning of season two, right? Yeah. Which means they would have had time to fix everything. But my question watching this was, were they going to write it so that Gowan actually was re- like purposefully killed off Noah Stanton specifically to get to abigail oh because the way oh. you watch it back this time and you are seeing it it's like when i watched it i watched one and two together in one flail swoop right so it oh, all kind of plays okay. in the story but watching it back segmented and watching it very specifically for specific characters and seeing how they're growing and seeing how they've changed over the years uh-huh. i i I didn't really, it didn't strike me the first time watching it around how flirtatious Gowan is with Abigail mm-hmm. and how manipulative he is with her and how yeah. just like he he's laying it on thick. Like he's trying to emotionally manipulate her and he's always like, I thought you're going to see me. I, you know, how about we take a walk together? How about we eat at, you know, my treat, whatever. Like he's trying, he's purposefully like throwing himself at her and Abigail's constantly resisting his advances and so I was kind of wondering if it was going to come out later that he had purpose he because and he and the Stantons would have had a lot of um, interactions together if Noah was the right-hand man because usually they have that kind of a relationship and maybe he got jealous of Noah and having a good wife and son or whatever and he said love I am going to kill for love pulling a king david huh (laughs) yes yes yes. wow i mm, i because he's that flirtatious with her yeah yeah very flirtatious i i don't know i i've never thought about that but you know who knows i mean who knows i mean other than like is he flirtatious with her to have fun like what is the purpose think, of him I having think he's that? flirtatious to try to manipulate her it when she's in when when she's in her vulnerable spot mm-hmm. but he doesn't know her well enough to know that abigail will not be manipulated mm-hmm. but he probably does know that but he wants to keep preying on it to see that he'll wear her down but abigail will not be worn down mm-hmm. and um and i i I don't think, I I think that he's just trying to exert power over her. Mm-hmm. That's why he flirts with her. He's trying yeah. to make her feel weak, but we all know that that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was just an interesting thought. Cause I was like, that's a thought. That's a, that's a very interesting thought. <laughs> hmm. So 
All right, Casey, are you ready to ding-a-ling-a-ling? Yak yeah, about Jack. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Jack is back. <laughs> okay. Um, so the first time that I saw the scene where he is by the fire and he pulls out the book and he's got a picture of her in the book, I went, oh, and then, he, and then he starts writing her a letter and then he rips it out, throws it in the fire. I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't do that, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> that just I mean like I said before this relationship is going really really deep mm -hmm. for how new it is and for how little they've done mm -hmm. you know I mean of course we're at a very different day and time when when you didn't kiss until you were close to engagement, mm -hmm. you know, so that's, you know, so I, I don't think that it's that weird that they're talking so seriously before they've kissed, but it just kind of dawned on me that, you know, th I mean, this is getting in pretty deep mm -hmm. and he's already got a picture of her and he, and, and just the way that they, the way that they talk together and the way that they were acting towards one another. And I was like, wow, this is, this is in pretty deep. And then, and then he leaves and it's so sad. You know? <laughs> but, but word on the street is the Tolliver gang is headed towards Cole Valley. Oh man. And who do we know that's still left in Cole Valley? <laughs> Miss Elizabeth Thatcher. Miss Elizabeth Thatcher. That that scene, that scene when Jack comes upon the second set of Mounties, because he runs into two sets of Mounties. Mm -hmm. And when he runs into that second set of Mounties, and he and they go through that whole conversation about how they found Nate Tolliver's horse and all that. And then he says, where do you think he is? Little coal mining town called Coal Valley. And just Jack's eyes bug out. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't wait to get more information. He doesn't say, are you sure? His he eyes bug out. He turns and he just says, yeah. <laughs> and he and Sergeant are out of there. <laughs> This time watching it around, I was like, no, Jack, just say, come on with me. <laughs> I know. That's what he should have done. He he should have said, this way. <laughs> come on, men. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And then, oh, man, for all of Patrick's smarts, he got outsmarted. He, he got he did. got outsmarted and he got whacked over the head he, he did and you know i was a little surprised at this but then again i thought about it kind of molded over and stuff uh -huh. and i thought i think i wonder if patrick kind of let his guard down because it's coal valley you know nothing awesome. bad nothing too bad can happen in coal valley unlike but he followed after nate because he was very suspicious of him. So yeah, but he was probably thinking one-on-one, -on -one, we got this. Mm, that's a good point. But I just love the fact that, I just love the fact that Jack starts untying him and he says, is Elizabeth okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then when- Tell us they, how you really feel, Jack. <laughs> I know, and then when they're sneaking, when they're sneaking into the cafe, he quietly calls out Elizabeth with his gun drawn and everything. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, he cares about her so much. <laughs> Someone's feelings are being known. Yeah, the only problem is no one's there to hear it. 
Oh man. Now this is where this is where the whole love comes first part is interesting mm-hmm. because Nate's got Elizabeth and he says it. I got your woman, Mountie. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, what do you do? I don't I don't know if you ever saw the uh I don't know if you ever saw the TV show Jag, but uh but Catherine Bell was in it. She was the star for many, many years. And at one point she's dating a, a CIA guy. He's, he's a spy basically. Mm-hmm. And he's on an assignment to assassinate an assassin. And the assassin is right next to Mac, who is Catherine's character. And he takes a shot he missed and he could have hit her and when she says it like that's a little cold and he said I didn't see you I saw the job Mm -hmm. then when I saw that I almost killed the woman that I love I had to come back here to my family home and regroup Mm -hmm. and I just thought you know that is what that is what Jack could be doing. He could see the job mm-hmm. and he could just not disregard her, but put his feelings aside for her for the sake of the job. He doesn't let his feelings for Elizabeth distract him, but he doesn't disregard them either, which I think is a really good balance. I think it motivates him. I think it does too. That's a, that's a huge motivation. Because when Gowan tells him, you know, you're on your own, basically, he has to get creative because he knows there's at least four or five guys versus him and Patrick. And so he has to, like, what is he going to do? Is he going to risk that? And he's got to save two women. I mean, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like the adrenaline must have been pumping in Jack because he's also got Elizabeth at the forefront of his mind. And he's thinking uh, like he's thinking outside of the box. Boy, did he just like Sam said, I don't think that tablecloth maneuver was in your training. <laughs> right. But like, that's exactly my point. Like why, yeah. how, who would have thought of that? What would motivate know. someone to think of that? Yeah. Unless they were desperate enough because of someone or something Mm -hmm. to get them to that point. And the other thing that I love is you really see that Jack and Elizabeth, even though things aren't completely settled between them, they're a team. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. She doesn't just sit there like a, like a victim. She yells out, Jack, there are four of them and they're all armed. You know, she just she really cries it out to him and then the knife jackie has a knife Mm -hmm. you know they are a team oh yeah they are a team so you're you're uh your nitpicky grouse with jack was the fact that he that he said elizabeth instead of the town Mm -hmm. here's my nitpicky thing with jack when when he disarms Nate Tolliver again uh, and uh, with the knife and Elizabeth runs up to him and grabs him by the shoulders and says, Jack, are you hurt? And hugs him. I was waiting for him to fully take her in his arms because and I wrote pretty much the entire line down (laughs) I kept on pausing and playing pausing and playing (laughs) when I was out there when I thought that you were in trouble when I thought there was even a chance that you were in danger and I wasn't here I had nothing on my mind but getting back to you and I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know where I'm going, where I'm going to be tomorrow, but I don't want to regret not telling you what I was thinking, what I was, what I 
am feeling. I can't leave without telling you that I care. Like, really? <laughs> you, you almost died. She almost died. And you only can say, I care. <laughs> But so I guess that's my second grouse. But, you know, the fact that the moment that he heard that she even might be in danger and Mm -hmm. he wasn't there, seeing her safe and then actually rescuing her and knowing Mm -hmm. that she's safe, man, I mean, if it were me, I'd be kissing. But (laughs) we're not there yet. We're not there yet in Cole Valley. I just, I would have expected him to fully take her in his arms because she hugged him. Mm -hmm. She hugged him and I was just expecting him to take her in his arms and just hold her close because she was safe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and she even says how safe I felt in Jack's arms when he came to my rescue. I'm like, but his arms aren't around you. (laughs) true true technicalities that's that's my one that's my one little grouse but even though it's a grouse it the tone quality of jack's voice with i care care. (laughs) that's like han solo saying i know be still my heart (laughs) oh and the look on elizabeth elizabeth's face and her eyes yes because when abigail and julie and elizabeth were having tea julie says he came back for you elizabeth says he came back for the town and so I had nothing on my mind but getting back to you. And she says, really? You know? <laughs> not, not quite that dumbfounded, but mm-hmm. you know, she says, really? And I, and I wrote down here, well, it disproves that theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Hope Valley has a, a thing about the town. <laughs> I did write that down too. He came back you for you. He that. came back for the town. And I wrote, it's like, yes, he did come back for the town. You're using, you're using later knowledge. I <laughs> am. I'm using later knowledge for got, season one, but guilty. I couldn't help but giggle about it. We've got guilty knowledge here. <laughs> guilty knowledge. Hopefully you all have seen seasons one through seven by now. <laughs> but anyway. Um, the last thing I'm going to say about Jack, I asked, I asked a friend what she thought about the show. Cause I introduced her to it and she said, he's very changeable. And I went, yeah, he is, you know, because he felt himself getting in too deep, shook himself and says, see you soon. Mm-hmm. You know, and out he goes because he still has a job to do he's got to Mm -hmm. escort those men to trial and you know and the first time we called it the eyes shining moment and the first time you did that she looks up and he immediately shakes himself out of it you know so yeah for those first several episodes he was very changeable Mm -hmm. and it's not until after he gets comfortable with his feelings and then actually confesses them that he's able to let that changeableness merge yeah. into just the way he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have the final moment, which I think is very sweet when Julie reminds Elizabeth that she used to stay up and watch out for monsters so Julie could go to sleep. Thank you for being my big sister. Thank you for being my little sister. They have such a sweet relationship. Elizabeth has the patience of a saint with her little sister. She really, <laughs> really does. I hope my girls are like that. I, yeah, I, 
I I don't know that I can say that that's happening <laughs> with my kids, <laughs> but um, but I but one more thing I'm gonna say about Julie. Is, the, is when she says, I'll never let myself be so easily used again. I went, really? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and that will be continued in season, season two. two. So we will get back to that. Casey, are you ready for... Cammy's quiz. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. What was Jack's father's name? Oh, Thomas Thornton. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> what was the label on the file that Abigail found? The label on the file. Oh. So the file that Abigail found that proved that there were corners cut. What was it called? What oh, I don't the... know. I okay. didn't look at that. <laughs> Safety procedures protocols or protocol. Okay. So that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Nate Tolliver called himself Nathaniel Miller. And <laughs> and he said that his people are in oh um Fort Mill, not not the city. Oh. What what's their oh, in job? Lumber? What's, no, uh, uh, in timber timber, right? Going? Timber milling, logging, logging. Okay, logging. I knew it had to do with like something big to be with chunks of wood. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if they did that on purpose. Oh, if like a little foreshadowing? With, yeah, with Lee coming oh. in with the lumber mill. Oh. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, the Pinkerton's name. That was oh. Gowan Stooge. Uh, Samuel? It, it's a mister. It's a it's a Mr. Mr. Stewart. Nope. Mr. Stanley. <laughs> it doesn't start with an S. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mr. Oh, I don't know. Mr. Richardson. Richardson. Mm. Yes. Mr. Richardson. Okay. And in that scene where Abigail and Elizabeth and Julie are having tea, Abigail said that Nate played on Julie's two things heartstrings and emotions <laughs> very poetic but no <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness and um goodness and oh my goodness um he played your goodness and innocence yes yes <laughs> different order different order but you got it <laughs> Yay! Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hardies. Thank you so much for joining us in our little chat about episode 10 of season one. Love comes first, not duty this time. <laughs> Love comes first. And join us next time for the very, very fast-paced, <laughs> uh, loss of breath, and quick-moving, and I would even say slightly controversial where characters are, where, where characters are concerned episode. <laughs> episode number 11, where we have two very new characters step in with whom we are both familiar very now, very much now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm very excited. I'm also very petrified. <laughs> Rule, and this is, and it's so well, it's so well uh, titled too. Rules of engagement, <laughs> because boy, does a certain someone bring her own set of rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
again, excited because you all know I love Pascal. <laughs> However, but... petrified because this is season one, Rosemary. Mm, who is a different, different person from season, from seven, season seven, Rosemary? <laughs> and you have to host. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh boy. This will be fun, you guys. This will be fun because oh. Rosemary is a fun character to hate in season one. She sure is. All right, everybody. Stay safe out there. Stay happy. And remember, our hearts are all knit together, hearties. Because we're all in this together. See Bye. you next week. <laughs> <laughs>